Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This is in continuation with my previous episode where I was chatting with Omar and do continue to listen to it because you will absolutely love it like I'm sure you did the part one. I just wanted to understand from you, you know, being involved in car sales mm-hmm. to to setting up this bistro. How did that happen? You know, was it like a calling or did you want, um, you know, you did briefly mention that you wanted a little bit of the Afghan culture and food mm-hmm. to for people to become aware of it? Is okay. that... I'm, yes. So, yes. How did so, you kind of? What was your thought process? So, my thought process: I always wanted to open up a restaurant. Okay. Okay. I always wanted to open up a restaurant. When we first came to the country, again, like when this church sponsored us, yeah, I remember. I'll never forget. 1982, we were at the sponsor's home, and my mother cooked some Afghan food. Okay. 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 And at that point, when they ate the food, yeah, I'm guessing this was their first time having Afghan food. Right. Okay. So yeah. they were absolutely amazed by it. Right. Our American sponsors. Right. Absolutely amazed by it. And when they had it, they actually had to have another dinner with all of their friends. And they asked my mother if they can cook, cook. if she can cook again. Right. So after this dinner, yeah. I remember that they approached my mother, and they said. The, you need to open up a restaurant. Hmm. And you were seven at the time. I was, this is 1982, seven. seven. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. You need to open up a restaurant. And my mother still speaks of it. She yeah. still talks of it. Yeah. But the only thing was, now going back to culture, the right. only thing was, you know, again, like I said, they had this most beautiful life in Afghanistan. Yeah. They had yeah. the most beautiful life. Yeah. And in Afghanistan, at that time in the culture, Having a restaurant, or for them at least, for my family, or working in a restaurant, or anything that has to do with almost like, 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 uh, like cooking or cleaning or you know stuff like that, that's unfortunate in that culture, was looked down on. So my mother coming, even though she went through this three years yeah. of suffering yeah. in Germany yeah. and not having nothingness, yet yeah. she was still holding on yeah. to this um, mentality. Yeah of yeah. who she is yeah. as she's sitting there without yeah. any money yeah. and basically, you know, with people sitting with us that are there to help us yeah. and to help us to get on our feet. Yeah. Even at that, she still had this egoic thing that restaurant, me, no. Mm. Well, I would never do that. So I realized with all of this stuff, as growing up, the pressures that my father and my mother would put on, on me with school, you know, I mean, right. they expected us to get scholarships. Right. You know, there was nothing below that. Right. Why? Because they didn't have the money, money to put us to school. And they wanted you to go to the best school. And so, there was yeah. so much pressure on us. It was insanely ridiculous. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. They had to hold on to that identity. Yeah. You had a couple more families that were here and everybody yeah. was playing that game. Yeah. The reality was they were suffering worse than us. Right. But yeah. everybody was putting this facade that, you know, we're still in Afghanistan. I'm from this family. I'm from this and I'm this. My son is this. My son. The reality was everyone was hurting. Everybody was hurting. So that was in the past, but they were not able to, you know, move forward because they were still, you know, still kind of reliving the past, knowing that the reality was very different. Of course, yeah. they couldn't accept yeah. it. Yeah. They were in denial. Yeah. They were absolutely in denial. Yeah. So. So then you decided to. Um, so you went through college. So, and all of, so yeah. no, I didn't go through college. Oh, okay. Um, so, and then the restaurant you were asking about how that yeah. came about is, yeah. you know, when I got. How and why? So the the yeah. one of the the two main reasons on why was number one was, you know, after this whole thing with September 11th and what have you and so forth happened, you know, it was a, a lot of images of Afghanistan on the TV right. and you would right. hear yeah. a lot about it on the radio and people, you know, so people didn't understand what was going on. They just saw it as a country that's, that's a terrorist country. They yeah. didn't even, you know, yeah. not really yeah. not knowing what's going on, thinking it's a Middle Eastern country. It's not even a Middle Eastern yeah. country. So all of this kind of stuff. And what we saw in the images was not us. You know, all the images were showing a bunch of people, you know, doing crazy things, holding rocket propelled grenades and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So I, one of the main reasons was to expose the culture. Afghanistan's, uh, you know, culture, like I, I was saying before, that even though it changes during time and what have you, but yeah. there is an underlining um, honor right. underneath all of that that right. doesn't change. Yeah. That's yeah. one thing that I know, yeah. okay, with the culture. So, which is age-old, I guess. Yes, yeah. this is something yeah. that I think all of the, uh, no matter how much the culture changes, no matter which laws or which rules or yeah. whatever families change, I think this is also the seed of it. It yeah. all comes from this honor yeah. integrity. And I don't know why. I don't know why. Why mm. honor is such a big deal over there. So I guess maybe it was that little seed that I have in me as well, too. Right. That I said, you know what, out of respect to this country and out of respect to what I heard about it from my father even though I didn't live there and what have you I feel that what people are seeing is not the real image of it right this country right. has a had a culture I mean we yeah. were the hub of poetry at one time yeah. you know people like Rumi comes yeah. from there you know yeah. you have like some of the most deep spiritual open-minded yeah. thinkers came from that part of the world and yeah. that's what was put into us that was that's what was put into us yeah and when I would when I would go when when I would go to family um, gatherings, yeah. you know, or to parties with our family and what have you, I saw nothing mm. of what I would see on TV. Okay, yeah. and every house that we would go to, as soon as they would see something like that on TV, some people would some of family members' tears would come into their eyes. Yeah. Some would say, oh "My God, look at what's happened to this country." Yeah. yeah. Uh, so. With all that being built up and what have you and so forth, I said, you know what? Let's see if we can do something that we can expose the true culture of Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah. Which is nothing but tolerance and yeah. hospitality and yeah. love. When you go to an Afghan's home, yeah. You know, I mean, the whole the whole war, this whole 9/11 thing, this whole war in Afghanistan. Yeah. The bottom line, the root cause of it, came down to this code of honor. Which is hospitality. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The yeah. bottom line was that your uh, bin Laden yeah. took advantage 
of yeah. the culture of the Afghans yeah. and ask for hospitality. Yeah. Yeah. And there is nothing more shameful to yeah. an Afghan to not give hospitality to mm. one that asks you. Mm. You basically, you're stripping yourself of, of your identity of an Afghan mm. when you don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. So you have you have a, a, a leader of a country that's tied down yeah. to his culture yeah. and has to do what he has to do. Yeah. And on 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 the other angle, you have you have a um, a person that's taken advantage of the situation. So you have the Afghans that are caught in between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. And ultimately, they're going to make a decision that's based on their honor and integrity or yeah. whatever the case is yeah. not yeah. knowing that someone is using taking that advantage. taking yeah. advantage of yeah. the situation yeah. Yeah. so just because of honor and integrity yeah. and the code of conduct of the afghan when it yeah. comes to hospitality yeah. we destroyed our whole country we destroyed the whole i mean probably thousands of people died just because of that so was there any afghans that plotted to do that no was there any afghans on the plane no do afghans speak arabic no they no. don't all we just did was do what our our honor and our culture, what our great 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 grandfathers instilled in us, yeah, yeah. to do the yeah. right thing. Yeah. Now we did the right thing for the wrong reason, I guess, yeah. Yeah. without even knowing about it. Yeah. So sometimes you know stuff like that gets you know if if I've been in that situation, I would have not. I would have said, listen, forget about the hospital, forget about yeah. this. This has nothing to do because with you, my culture. Yeah, I guess you do. The right. You know, you know what's right. And what's not exactly but I guess people there still had not evolved and were not exactly. you know they were still kind of holding on to that exactly. honor and uh, hospitality right. so right. yeah so so you then decided to so we decided to say okay this happening and then on the other angle when you you know when I was I was working in the car business you know yeah. for 17 17 18 years of my life and the car business, I would wake up every morning um, to go to work. Mm -hmm. There was nobody home. The right. kids were in school. Yeah. Uh, my wife had gone to drop them off or what have you and so forth. And then when I would come home, yeah. everyone was sleeping. Yeah. So, you know, it, decision was not a financial decision. That's one thing for sure. Mm -hmm. The money I was doing in, in the car business was great. Right. was great. As a matter of fact, less headache, not much potentially even better money than over here, yeah. you know? Yeah. But the, that main decision came from me getting fed up with asking, okay, is this life, and how much longer am I going to do this? Yeah. So in that decision, uh, we said, let's go ahead and take a risk. We had a little property. Yeah. The, my wife and I, that yeah. uh, the value went up on it a little bit, and we sold it. Okay. And there was a little bit of money left from that, yeah. which gave us the opportunity to open up our first business. Nice. And, and that's all she wrote pretty nice. much from that point on. So, and so you were very clear that you wanted it to be um, uh, a bistro. Yes. Okay. I and wanted, yes. So you wanted to, in your, that's my understanding, mm -hmm. that in your um, little way, you wanted um, to create awareness of what the Afghan, you know, the food is and the flavors are and the culture is so that people don't just imagine Afghanistan to be what the media shows it. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah, so, okay. So that's, exactly. that's really what, 
was the basis of it. The basis of that and yeah. the bistro, the, the other thing with the bistro was the fact that, listen, we've been in this country since 1982 and very rarely, 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 we, you know, we, we had gone to a restaurant, an Afghan restaurant that served uh, anything more so than just are, kebabs. There are Afghan restaurants in, in D.C.? Oh, yes, yes, okay. yes, there are. But you know what? What's happened with Afghan food is I feel, we felt that most people, they were, they were bringing Afghan food. All they were doing was bringing, you know, the street food of Kabul to the mm -hmm. table, which are kebabs. Right. Um, just to give you a little example, you know, about a, a, two weeks ago, I was at a Whole Foods and we had a lady that was standing right next to me and she goes, where are you from? And I said, I'm from Afghanistan. And right. she goes, oh, really? I ate kebabs yesterday. I said, okay, well, good for you. <laughs> That's good for you. I haven't ate kebabs in like three weeks now. So, you know, so we felt that, you know, the only thing that the Afghans were bringing to the table were yes, just the street food of Kabul. And which was easier to do, I guess. Which was easier yeah. to do, and you, you know, you know, you have with us. Here's the thing: my mother created the the menu. Okay. My mother created the menu. Okay. You have most of the people that were coming from Afghanistan creating, you know, these little small kebab restaurants. The bottom line was to make some money and to yeah. have a living. Yeah. So you have a young kid that's 22, 23 years old that's coming here into this country, maybe in 92, 93, 94, uh, 19, 1994, 95, whatever yeah. the case is. Yeah and has no clue of what a korma is, or what a salan is, or what a lawan is, or what a qabli is, or what a moghali is, mm -hmm. but does know how to grill something, yeah. and does need to make a living for himself. Right. So, yeah. and I understand that, you know, yeah. they're doing it for that. And yeah. it's great, kebabs are great. But yeah. I just want to let everyone know that we don't eat kebabs as soon as we wake up in the morning and then <laughs> <laughs> lunch and then a snack popping a kebab no we don't I mean we don't eat kebabs like that for me you know kebabs were like maybe once a month if you're having a picnic or a barbecue yeah, that's yeah. when you do it yeah yeah but if yeah. you're coming to the house you know the gourmet and dishes you have your stews that have you know history of 300 years 350 years you know dishes that you know that are like got so much history to it the layers and layers of flavors and we're like how come nobody has brought this to the table yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? Yeah. And the other good news was that my mother had these amazing recipes. recipes. Amazing recipes. So, you know, when we opened up, when we looked at the menu and everything like that, and when we opened up this restaurant, you know, yeah. I wanted to bring the culture of Afghanistan. And to, you know, the culture of Afghanistan, in my opinion, is you have the underlining no matter how much it changes as year to year, but the yeah. bottom line is that the Afghan is is a warrior poet, okay? And right. on one angle, they're out there for their honor to defend themselves, and no matter what, they'll fight to the death. Right, right. And then on the other angle, they'll write beautiful poetry right. on by looking just looking at a pigeon yeah. as they're sitting in their garden. Yeah. So that what, romantic. It's almost yeah. a romantic, yeah. uh, yes, uh, which it's going to come off as a, of a person having dual identity, but that's just the way it is. Mm. I would see it like that. You know, mm. my mother, when she would get angry, mm. it was the wrath of God, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. But when she would give love, it yeah. was uh, greater than, uh, you know, the love of any angel that yeah. can give. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you know, very passionate people, yeah. very passionate people. Yeah. So it was for that reason when we came in here, I had the two dining rooms and I called my father up and I said, uh, if you were to describe an Afghan in two words, what will it be? Yeah. Because I wanted to name the dining rooms and he quickly said, warrior poet. 
And so it's for this reason that this dining room that we're sitting at right now is the yeah. warrior's room. You have the pictures of the kings and the fighters yeah. And, yeah. and all the people, the rulers and what have you. And then yeah. if you go in our other dining room, it's the poet's room. You're listening to a fusion of stories recounted for the first time ever by some fascinating people from across the globe with me, Pio, on this very unique and special podcast series, Melting Pot. Which is inspired by poets such as Beidil and Hafiz and Rumi and, mm. you know, a lot of spiritual stuff. Right. So, and then when I was looking a little bit closer, deeper into it, you know, the Afghan character, their food, the cuisine, yeah. is a warrior poet cuisine as well, too. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh. I mean, if you so, see, yes, yeah. yes. I mean, we have dishes that come out, you know, that you're going to think that it's, you know, from the 14th century or 13th century with bones coming out like this and a shank like this or, a, you know, the Aracosian Chopin, which is the the tomahawk. Oh. It's called the tomahawk ribeye. Okay. You got yeah. a bone, you know, almost so a foot of bone. So that would be the warrior? That's, that's a warrior, warrior dish, dish right there. The Afghans mm. will eat uh, like a warrior and, you know, on, and then they'll eat like a poet as well, mm. too. So, and then you have your delicate sublime dishes, like for example, the kadu, your butternut squash, very delicate with the layers of flavor, your sabzi, which mm. is your spinach, mm. kale, collard greens, my all stewed together very delicately. Mm. And you have your dumplings, the delicate dumplings that are yeah. just steamed to perfection. Yeah. And you have, you know, the, a lot of dishes that have. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Of these um, masalas, that in Afghan culture we, uh, you know, we look at it as um, spiritual food. We call mm. it actually. Are you f- are you familiar with the term uh, garam masala? Yep, of course. Okay, coming from India. Yeah, yes, that's a very yeah. So garam is a Farsi word. Okay, it's a Farsi word in mm. Afghanistan. If you, I did a little bit of research back in the days. They we until today, even though some today are still practicing this. We have two different types of food. Hmm. One is called the garm foods, and one is called the sarit foods. The? Sarit, which okay. means cold. Ah. Garm means warm. Warm, yeah. Garm yeah. means warm in Farsi, and sarit means cold. Right. And so, any two spice that you mix. Yeah. For example, uh, garm foods in, in our culture are anything that feeds your spirit, your soul. So coriander, mm. saffrons, mm. cardamoms, mm. turmeric, you know, masalas, you know, as soon as you put two of them together, it becomes garm. Means because it's also um, heaty. It's heated, right. yes, yeah. it's heated. Okay. So it yeah. heats up, as a matter of fact, it heats up 
yeah. your body from what I read, yeah. Yeah. Uh, your soul, and it allows the toxins and what have you and so forth to, to come yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have the solid food, which mm. has nothing to do with the temperature of the food. Right. Like you can have a hot piece of steak right. uh, that'll come on your plate, but it'll still be a cold food. Because mm -hmm. anything that feeds into your physical body, right. anything that, that's nourishment for your physical body, for right. muscle, for skin, for yeah. what have you and so yeah. forth, yeah. is going to be a sard food. So okay. even it was such a spiritual country that even food was broken down hmm. into spirituality and into um, physical, physical, into physical. Yeah. So, you know, with all of this, you know, and after opening this restaurant up and doing some research, you know, I came to a realization that, you know, it almost made me proud of my culture. After I did some research that, hey, you know what, this was a place at one yeah. time. It was a place. It was a civilized place. There's a lot that came out of there. You had a lot of intelligent people. Some of the most beautiful, beautiful, beautiful poetry came from that. Yeah, that I'm aware of. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So with that and a little bit of uh, getting myself involved into the you know, spiritual side of life, not just Afghanistan, just yeah. in general. Yeah, yeah. You know, suffering and hardship will bring you yeah. to a point where you need to say hold on a second yeah. is this what it's all about yeah. and then in that there's a push of trying to find the meaning of life hmm. and without you whether you know it or not you automatically become spiritual hmm. in my opinion yeah you yeah. automatic as soon as you start searching for yeah. for something that's above and beyond what you're seeing and above and beyond what's worldly and physical yeah i think that that's where the the thing happens the shift happens yeah yeah wow. so that's amazing yes yeah yeah so for me, that's the bottom line. Is it's been a spiritual experience. I've we since we opened up our first restaurant uh, four years ago. Hmm. How many do you have? Well, with this one, it's going to be our third location. Third location. Third location okay. Yes. Okay. But I can tell you one thing, and you probably your listeners may laugh at this, or or you may think it's something funny. But I think that everything that we went through, had hmm. I not practiced. Had I not practiced submission hmm. and surrender hmm. to what is, hmm. to what's being thrown at me, hmm. okay? I, you know, I do not know where I would be. Hmm. So I've started practicing, I guess, in my own religion. That's the religion of surrender and submission. Right. And if you really look at it, you know, Islam in itself, the word itself means surrender. Right, yep. Yep. And a Muslim, yeah. you know, the true meaning of it means one who submits. Yeah. And I've read in so many different places, and in the Sufi books and what have you and so forth, that the true message of Islam is not a religion. Hmm. It was a technique hmm. that the Prophet came and he said, listen, I want to teach you guys how to do Islam, how right. to submit yourself, how to surrender yourself. Right. It was a technique. Right. And whoever does it is a Muslim. Right. Meaning that you could be a Christian, a Jew, a Hindu, or this and that. But if at that moment, if you're practicing this technique, yeah. you have become a, a, submit, a submissive soul. Right. You have become one who has submitted. You have right. become a Christian that has submitted. Right. Right. You have become a Hindu that has submitted. Right. Which means you're doing uh, the practice of, of Islam. Which mm. means you're a Christian that's doing a Muslim act. Mm. So it's not a religion mm. in, in the Sufi culture. Mm. It's a way of life. It's a technique to keep you at peace. Right. You know, Islam on one angle comes from the word, from the word uh, salam, 
right. which means peace. Right. And then on the other angle, it comes from the word taslim, right. which means surrender. Right. Right? Right. So a Muslim is going to be one who submits himself right. to arrive at that state of peace, the salam, right. through surrendering. Right. So to me, Islam has, is not a physical thing. It's a state of consciousness that everyone needs to arrive at at one point in their life, right. which is the state of peace, right. acceptance, right. and love. Yeah. It's a state of consciousness. Yeah. It's, I feel that it's become, uh, more of a, it's become more of a ritual and traditional thing as far as you need to not do this, and you need to uh, pray like this, or you know, it, this, these things came afterwards. Mm -hmm. I personally, truly do believe mm -hmm. that uh, you know anybody can be a Muslim. Right. Anyone who submits themselves at any given moment, at any given second, at any given time of the day, right. you become a Muslim, which has right. nothing to do with your religion. Right. It means you have become a surrendered soul, right. Right. one who submits. That's right. the true meaning of Muslim. Right. Um, and it, the word was there before mm -hmm. the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, came. Mm -hmm. The word was there as an Arabic word that always existed. Mm -hmm. And the word Islam was always there as well too. It's not like Muhammad came and said, I'm bringing a new word, I'm bringing a new religion. I'm bring And the Sufi books, it says, he came and he said, everybody, we all need to start practicing Islam, right. which is uh, submission. submission. So he basically came and said, we need to practice submission. Right. And the ones who practice it are going to be the ones, they were going to be called Muslims, right. ones who submit, right. period. Right. The yeah. thing with religion and conversion and this and that and doing this with the ears, these things came afterwards. Hmm. He himself was a Sufi, hmm. Muhammad. He would go into the, before even the message of Islam came to him, he would go into a mountain and meditate inside hmm. the, I'm not sure if you know the story of it, and he would ask, what is what is going on? Why mm. am I here? What, mm. he, he wanted to find out the meaning of life. He mm. would see things that didn't make sense to him. They would mm. come and they would, you know, the Arabs would bury the, the first daughter that was born. They would mm. do injustice to women. Mm. So it didn't make sense to him. And mm. with all those questioning, he would go and try to find out until he saw that, hey, hold on a second. You know, these people are doing crazy things. You know, you shouldn't do that. Mm. One needs to learn submission, and that, that's it. And that's where it came from. Mm. Now, what it's become, that's a different yeah. story. I, mean, I don't know. I don't think we want to go into that. No, things. no, no, yeah. no. Yeah. So that helped me out a lot, to be okay. honest with you. For me to yeah. trying to hold on to a little bit of my past, yeah. but yeah. finding what Waste. area of it yeah. works for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that works for me. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? It's worked for me. Ever since I started practicing, I don't let myself get angry anymore. Mm. You know, so that I try to stay away from resistance. Yeah. Uh, because how could you have resistance if you're practicing submission? Yeah. Right? Yeah, so, yeah totally. Yeah. yeah, so what I try to do is at every table that I'm here with, yeah. I have that in the back of my head, hmm. that life is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Everything is wonderful. Yeah. More than enough. And I think that also reflects in, I mean, I haven't been to your other locations, but I think it reflects, I've only been to this one. Uh-huh. And I think it reflects in when you're here, when you're having a meal, you know, the way your staff, it's its very holistic, I feel. Really? Yeah. Well, thank I mean, you. I've, they're great I've, people. Yeah. And they're, they're also very, um, um, and it probably comes from the source, which is you, you know, because you are, you influence and, you know, which is what makes it a, a beautiful experience. Uh, well, thank to, you. To be, I mean, I've, this is my third 
trip to DC um, and uh, I've already been to your restaurant twice in two wow. months. You wow. know, I mean, I happen to be here like wow. in August that and I'm a lot. here now. Yeah. That means a lot and, to us. Thank you. Um, and so, yeah, so I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that um, through this episode, I'm able to, you know, because obviously the reach will be a lot wider. I don't know who in the world is going to be listening to this episode, right? right. And um, and it's just um, it, it it's just going to be a takeaway for people, you right? Know? Uh-huh. And um, and so I'm really really you know appreciative of the fact that you you talked and you chatted and uh, thank and you. I'm appreciative for you taking the time and coming here. I mean, this is to again, this is another thing, you know, for me just surrendering myself coming in here and then I have a wonderful person like you that wants to, you know, <laughs> so you. It, yeah. I, I, yeah. it can't get any better. Yeah. That's all I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Now yeah. I could sit here and be complaining about my other, we, I don't have any problems to mm-hmm. And in the meetings that you were talking and as you were talking about the staff and what have you, yeah. the staff here is absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Every single one of them. Yeah. When yeah. we have our meetings, you know, yeah. most restaurants, I don't know, but from what I hear, you know, they still sit down and they'll talk about numbers and percentages and sales and what have you. Yeah. We don't. So it's we a don't. family. It's, it's it feels absolutely like a family. family. Yeah. We're trying to create that environment. The yeah. staff feels... Most of our meetings are very spiritual. We're mm-hmm. just trying to find the meaning of life, all of us together. Yeah. So I don't... You know, for us, I feel that in order for me to find the meaning of life, it's harder one person. But if you could put a whole group of people and bring yeah. them on the same page and yeah. put some stuff out there, yeah. uh, you can, uh, you know, you can achieve uh, achieve that much faster. Yeah. Every single uh, employee that we have here, I don't even look at them as employees. employees I yeah. always tell them when you're leaving home, yeah. remember you're coming to your second yeah. home. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to be confused. Yeah. When you come here to for you to think, hold on, did I come to work or did I come home? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So we don't, you know, the other thing, and when we have our meetings, we speak nothing about spirituality or sometimes we'll speak about a situation, an angry situation, an angry guest yeah. or a happy guest or why were they happy or yeah. why they weren't happy. Yeah. yeah. So it's stuff like that, you know. They, yeah. We don't refer to our guests as customers here. Every time we bring a new employee in here, the first yeah. thing we have to do is get the word customer out of them. For, yeah. To me, in my opinion, a customer is someone who comes into your place and does a business transaction. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a guest is someone, yeah. yes, yeah. a guest yeah. is someone that comes to your house. Yeah. Uh, so we refer to our guests as guests. Yeah. There is nothing here. We don't talk about transactions. We speak nothing of money. Yeah. I believe that as long as... You're bringing that beauty to the table. Yeah. That love, that acceptance, that tolerance. And people um, coming back. And coming back, know? yes. And and also feeling at home and comfortable and enjoying the food and enjoying the experience. I think that's that really in itself is incredible, you know. So. And we love it when yeah. when we see our guests coming back, and yeah. you know, I firmly believe that that moment at every single moment that you're working or you're with the guest don't worry about anything just make sure that the hospitality was given the love was given the kindness was given a piece of yourself was given to them okay and then you don't need to worry about your numbers you don't need to worry about your percentages secondary it will come everything will fall into place as long as the human element is there Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We are human beings, right? Yeah. When you know, everyone is so caught up with 
in my opinion, with themselves yeah. nowadays, with money and greed and yeah. what can they offer me, yeah. that in reality, I think they're ruining their lives having that mentality. Yeah. If they can just shift that over from what can I offer them, yeah. Yeah. and whatever, in my opinion, whatever your deepest desires, whatever your wishes are, comes into fruition. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. But when, but, but, yeah. but when you're thinking too much about yourself, you're not going to get it. You yeah. know, just like Rumi said, I said, you know, when I was young and clever, I wanted to change the world. As I became old and wise, I realized I needed to change myself. myself. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It's not complicated. Yeah. The only, the only, only thing that one needs to worry about in their life, I feel, is that themselves. That's it. That mm-hmm. you, you, you could see it. Mm-hmm. If you really look at it, if you have an issue... You could see two energies coming out of you. One is the energy of resistance, mm-hmm. which wants to completely take you over without you even having to have a small little glimpse of awareness yeah. for it to just possess you. Yeah. And then right through underneath that, there's a little energy of submission. That's, there's a little voice that says, you know what, let it go. Yeah. It's not a big deal. Yeah. This is the voice that we need to... And it's that voice that I feel that I've been trying to... I, I, trying is the key word here, mm-hmm. okay? This is not... a. I've been doing it, yeah. trying it whenever I can catch it. That has actually helped me become, you know, whatever we have become here. That's yeah. all. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. So submission is going to be the key. Yeah, that's, yeah. I totally agree with you. And I mean, it's been a very riveting conversation. You think so? Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. We could have, I mean, I, I know that this conversation can continue to like another few hours but few hours I, I was thinking a few weeks <laughs> few weeks <laughs> yes <laughs> but i guess i have to i have to cap it so. yes i'm sorry for talking so much <laughs> no i mean that's the whole point okay right? so thank you again omar oh, you're and, welcome um i i'm sure the next time i'm in dc i know that i'm going to be here again and we probably have a part two of, of course you know of course of the conversation of course so, yeah so no. i'm i'm taking away a lot and i'm sure my listeners will whichever part of the world they are and i'm sure they will take from this conversation as well wow so, this is so humbling thank you so much i mean you. i never th- anyway this means a lot <laughs> thank you great thank you so much you're welcome hope you enjoyed this chat as much as i have There was so much else I wanted Omar to share with us, but totally ran out of time. Anyways, what stands out for me after my conversation with Omar is one, his absolute charisma. And then this drive that he seems to have to, in his own small way, wanting Afghanistan's rich spiritual culture to be known. And what better way of understanding a culture than through the cuisine? Hence, Bistro Aracosia. 10 days of being in DC, I've already had two meals there. So you can understand when I say how flavorful the food is and the service is so special that you just want to keep coming back. Do stop by for a meal at Bistro Aracosia on your next trip to DC. Trust me, you won't regret it. This is Pyle signing off. Until the next episode of A Melting Pot. Do stay tuned. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.